This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Stay with us. Coming up here in just a few moments, Fargo City Commissioner Dave Pepcorn's got some breaking news about refugee resettlement here in the city of Fargo. And I want to start here tonight. Today marks exactly one year ago today, the death of George Floyd. Earlier today, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz asked for a moment of silence to pay honor and tribute to Mr. Floyd. Uh, nine minutes and 29 seconds to be exact at 1 p.m. earlier today. Now, a reporter was doing a stand-up at George Floyd Square in Minneapolis. You may remember recently we had Dr. Scott Jensen on the show. Uh, he's running for governor in the great state of Minnesota as a GOP candidate. And I asked him, I said, hey, I'm, I'm curious, Dr. Jensen, as you're out there talking to Minnesotans, your constituents, what's the number one thing that they're talking to you about? I didn't really know what he was going to say. And he took a moment and he goes, you know, Chris, the number one thing I'm hearing from people is safety. People just don't feel safe. Now, I bring up that up. I want to kind of create this in this context because earlier today at George Floyd Square, there was a reporter about to do a stand-up report, and then this happened. This bill of comprehensive police reform uh, to be... Uh, to... Just got to be careful here with some gunshots. Excuse us, excuse us. It sounds like gunshots. I'll let you know what this is. These seem to be gunshots. Absolutely stunning to imagine being a reporter. And you can see some of the, the bystanders there as well. The one guy was actually pretty calm, like almost so calm. You wonder, like, is this person hearing gunshots almost every day in downtown Minneapolis? I don't know, but he seemed very, very calm considering the situation. But I, I, I want to share that with you because, number one, it's shocking and sad as we're going to remember George Floyd and the gunshots break out down in that area. But also in the context of what Dr. Jensen said a while back about people not feeling safe in the great state of Minnesota. Uh, we mentioned this last night, so I'll share with you again. The show is going to look a little bit different this week because I'm doing radio over at AM 1100, the flag. Also in Western North Dakota, we're on a KTGO 1090. I want to invite you to come and join us every single day this week from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's been a lot of fun because you can call into the show. You can share your points of view, obviously. I also want to let you know that tomorrow uh, from 12.30 to 1.30, Dr. Jensen is going to be joining us for a town hall. So if you want to call in and talk about safety and security issues in Minnesota, COVID, the vaccine, whatever it might be, but always a phenomenal, phenomenal dialogue uh, with Dr. Jensen. All right. I want to share with you some of the things we did on the radio earlier today. One of those is we had a comedian, author, radio show host, Tim Young join us. We had some laughs, talked about some serious issues. Here's a little bit about what he had to say earlier today. Carol, would you do that? If you got a free bowl of bat soup, would you take the vaccine? I said, what if you've already taken it? Get it again. You can never be too safe. I'm surprised Fauci hasn't come back and said you need to take it eight times over so you can be as safe as possible. Wear 18 masks and get 75 shots. But they're boosters, so it's okay. Yeah. The only thing it's boosting is those nine new billionaires throughout the uh, the pandemic that own pharmaceutical companies. It's boosting their wallets. Thanks so much to Tim for joining us on the radio. And then also we had Fargo City Commissioner Dave Pepcorn come in studio and he broke some news on the show. Um, unbeknownst to many of us, there was a phone call 
uh, I think it was last night he said, in regards to refugee resettlement in the state of North Dakota, more specifically in the city of Fargo. Here's some of my conversation with Fargo City Commissioner Dave Pepcorn. Fargo City Commissioner Dave Pepcorn. Great to see you. Thanks for having me, Chris. Someday you and I are going to grab a pigskin and just kind of like play. What was the old game where you just go head to head and... Come on, man. I was a lineman. You're a quarterback. That, that, would, not, that would not end that would well. Not be I would just be, oh my gosh, knocked out. All right, let's jump right in here because we've got you for a limited amount of time, I believe. But um, I have a lot I want to chat with you about. And then you said, yeah, by the way, Chris, I was on this phone call last night. Give us the debrief, please. So what happened? Uh, we just I happened to stumble across an email and then you could call in. It was like a Zoom call. And so I jumped on just to find out what was going on. I had no idea that uh, refugees were being resettled in Fargo. I, did, I didn't know that. And I, it's approximately 25. And in all of North Dakota, we're the only resettlement site. And so to me, I don't know if that's quite uh, fair. I think they should be distributed throughout the state. The other thing is I know I'm not the high man on the, on the, on the levels, but I didn't know anything about it. And so to me, that's not a good sign. I don't know if you knew about it or if anybody else did, but uh, to me – we should know what's going on. And the other thing is, like, the par- the public schools, were they notified for ESL students? And uh, apparently one group of, uh, there was 10 that are in Moorhead that were, it was a family that all came in. And it's like, I, I honestly didn't know anything about it. So uh, that's concerning to me because it's almost like it's taking place without uh, any public notice. Well, it seems like it's the same MO, right? I mean, wasn't that the case before? There was very little notification. It just seemed like, hey... And again, maybe because it's a federal program, they've got a right to usurp state rights and, and place people where they want. Or well, to me, uh, the state of North Dakota, I mean, and the city of Fargo, we should be able to know what's going on in our own town. And I, I agree. I know that the legislature and the governor uh, agreed participation, but to me, then we should at least be notified of what's going on. I, I it's just, uh, I don't know what's going on, but it's kind of like uh, meet the no, new boss, same as the old boss. And Dan Hanaher is the the person in charge so i would encourage you to have him on and ask him what's going on because uh i, I have no idea i i don't know i i didn't know so and, and, if you can talk a little more about fargo being the only location that they're being resettled well right now that's where the only the only place where they have staff and so then all of them are, are going to be sent here and and resettled here in the whole state of north dakota so to to, to do the flip side okay because i think there's obviously two ways to look at this conversation. One is you talked about like the ELS aspect where, hey, if school's been alerted, there's obviously added costs and things of that nature to make sure that we can educate them. Look, if they're going to be here, you, we, we need to do a good job of educating them, in my opinion. Absolutely. But on the flip side, is there a benefit because we've got such workforce needs here? And there, I mean, the chamber just recently did a whole day about no, refugee. Absolutely. Workforce. We have jobs. But the, the other thing is we have people making obligations for the taxpayers of Fargo and I didn't. Maybe other people knew about it, but that's that's the bottom line. And the legislature, if you're sending people to Fargo, then send us money to help support them be successful. That's my message. And the governor, it's like, uh, how come this was not uh, trans- transferred to us so we knew what was going on? To me, that's not a good sign. Uh, if you're just joining us, Fargo City Commissioner Dave Pepcorn is with us. Uh, he was on a phone call last night in regards to refugee resettlement some i would say breaking news is that a fair way to assess this well it was breaking news to me yesterday i was like what is going on maybe i'm not high enough up uh, but they said oh yeah this has been cleared i said well who do you collaborate with with the schools and the and the and the city of fargo and i heard all i heard was a lot of backpedaling 
So who do you then start to contact and communicate with to get some answers? Well, that's the I, I, this should have been done ahead of time. I guess that's my concern. We should know what's going on so our schools can be prepared and so the city can be prepared so we can make sure that they're successful when they come here. If we don't even know they're coming, how can we help? Was anybody within the city of Fargo contacted? That's, that's, my, that's the question. I, I, so I learned about it yesterday. I'm the deputy mayor. I'm fairly high up. I yeah. guess not. Uh, anyway, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, but it's, we're not off to a good start. Well, when you have some answers, please let us know, Because I, yep. I think it's I important that, again, people, yep. if, if it's going to be utilizing tax dollars, I think we have a, a right to know and to have some transparency. You tried to do that before. It was always just about what are the costs, and it was fascinating to watch that dialogue take place. We tried it before. It didn't go so well. They were less, less than honest, and now uh, they're bankrupt. And I hope they're all held accountable, the people that drove uh, LSS into the ground. All right, let's get to some phone calls. Uh, let's see what this person has to say in regards to our conversation here. Again, if you're just joining us, Fargo City Commissioner Dave Pepcorn is with us. Number to call into the show if you've got questions for him or anything, 701-271-1100, 271-1100. We've got John in Fargo. Got a question or comment for the commissioner. John, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Well, I caught the tail end of it because I had to have the radio down when I called in, but yeah, what's the name of the gal who ran LSS just before it re- basically ran itself into the ground? Well, so she's the, she was the director. Her name is Jessica Thomason. Do you know what the good news is? You know who she works for now? Yeah, you, that was the name I was trying to remember, yeah. Dave. Yeah, you know and, what happened? And remember, she used to she used to work for the city of Fargo at one point. Yep. You know, with a lot of these uh, liberal-based programs, yep. you know, uh, like the uh, wet house and everything else that we got stuck with. Yep. And I'm just curious to know uh, how privy she was to all this information coming in firsthand. Well, and I've always been curious as to why the governor picked her. You know, I understand part of it, you know, because of her background, you know, and involvement with it. But, I, but I'm just kind of curious, you know, what the direction is that, you know, and the focus that she has. Because, you know, traditionally, it does seem like Fargo is always the dumping ground for all this. Well, and I guess you, the, the person we should ask is the governor. Why in the world would you hire somebody that ran LSS into the ground and then you reward her with a position with the state of North Dakota so now the taxpayers in North Dakota are paying her? If you remember that, she I, we can't, she was at the city commission and lied right to our face. And so uh, it's just very disappointing. And to me, that hurt uh, the governor's credibility. Can you share with people, because you and I had this conversation on my TV show in regards to what are we now going to do with that? You, you mentioned that palatial Lutheran Social Services building here, um, you know, right off the interstates. And then I thought it was a pretty stunning number when you said, hey, Jessica Thomason was working for a quote-unquote nonprofit, but was making some pretty decent coin. Hundreds of thousands of dollars plus benefits plus uh, it's a million-dollar Taj Mahal. It's for sale now. And so what will happen in the building is that will be sold and liquidated, and that will pay for part of the the bankruptcy proceedings and so it's a very sad situation then on top of that thousands of people lost their services because of their actions so uh, i if you remember five years ago i called it a long time ago they came and told us a bunch of baloney and and uh, proceeded to run uh, a great institution into the ground john thank you so much for the phone call we appreciate it again phone number to call in 701-271-1100 commissioner we've got about two minutes left so in about 60 to 90 seconds if you can we had commissioner garrigan yesterday and i keep saying this 
this isn't your grandpa's Fargo anymore. It's a, it's different when you and I grew up here, right? So do you have any update on this shooting over the weekend at the African restaurant and bar? Well, so obviously the police, it's still under investigation, and it's a very sad situation. We have had issues with that uh, bar. Uh, the chief and I met with the owners, and we asked them to address some of the issues uh, they may have, but obviously now it's much more serious, and so we'll see what happens. But I would anticipate uh, there's going to be some serious repercussions, and but you have to wait and let and find out what exactly went on and who is account, who is responsible and and hold them accountable. But I would say uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some serious uh, uh, things that come out of the new liquor control board. Uh, but you have to let things uh, take their course with the police. What would be an example of how you would penalize this? any establishment for that matter well they could lose their license and this one you could lose your license but it's it's never happened in the city it's never happened but that doesn't mean it isn't going to happen because we've had this is not the first uh issue we've had with this owner and this location and so uh that could happen correct me if i'm wrong too we don't know i mean is there any video because we don't and i've got 60 seconds but is there a suspect that we know of or well the, so one of the issues was when the the police the police chief and i met with them we asked them to upgrade their video and their lighting uh, and and I don't know if they did. And so that's why if you don't do what we ask you to do, uh, that's not a good start. So we'll see what happens. Thanks so much to Commissioner Pepcorn for joining us earlier today on the radio show. Again, be sure and join me uh, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on AM 1100 The Flag. You can call into the show and you and I can have different points of view and have a fantastic dialogue and have some fun. It's been a lot of fun being over there and doing some radio. Uh, coming up next, very, very important conversation. I sat down with North Dakota Superintendent of Public Instruction, Kirsten Baser, talking to her about today, Moderna came out saying that their vaccine is 100% effective for 12 to 17-year-olds. Is there going to be any sort of law or, or statute or rule that you got to get vaccinated to be back in the schools here in North Dakota, masks, um, critical race theory, phenomenal conversation. So stay with us. That's coming up right after this. And as always, please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.